It's been um, uh, over two years, and uh, things have gotten turned around a little bit since the last time I was here. I walked in, and I thought, I'm confused. Where's the front? And then I saw that uh, it got turned around. I like it. I like what you've done here. Well, I won't take a lot of time to explain why I'm here, but um, I'll just mention that we had a wonderful gathering starting on Thursday uh, and running through um, running through Saturday morning, yesterday morning, uh, at the um, Maranatha Missions Center in Muskegon. And uh, it was a, a precious time getting together with the uh, pastors that are associated with Partners and Friends on Harvest from the whole Michigan area. Hi, Ken. Just saw you there. He wasn't with us, wasn't able to be with us for the period of time. Well, we had a very interesting time starting off. You know, um, I had never been to this place in uh, Muskegon before. And so um, I got my GPS, my trusty GPS system out. How many have GPS systems? Okay. Aren't they wonderful? when they're working. I want you to know we got on, we, we dialed in the destination because we knew it was kind of remote. And, you know, Muskegon, you can't go any further west. There's something at least that stops you there. And so I knew that we couldn't get that far lost, but it was getting into Muskegon and then finding where this place was. And it was a little confusing. And so... You know, I was very confident. I had my trusty GPS system. As soon as I got on the 401 from Toronto and started heading west, though, the GPS lady came on and she kept saying, turn around, turn around, take the next exit, turn around, and go back. And so, to be honest with you, I was confused. I was terribly confused by that. How many of you have ever ran into that with your GPS systems? Okay, isn't that wonderful? And I realized that something was wrong. Confusion. And so I thought, what can I do? Well, I knew that we had to get to the, the Michigan border, get to the Ontario border. We were going to cross the bridge into, into uh, Port Huron. And I knew that once we got across the bridge, there was a place where I could pick up a map because I had my GPS system with me, and I didn't need a map as far as I was concerned. But I realized that I, I could pick up a map there. And so we did and found our way to, to Muskegon. And then we had some little simple instructions on how to find our way to the center. I want you to know that we're living in very interesting days. How many of you find that these days are fairly interesting that we're living in? We're getting a little confused in these days. I can't think of a period of time in my life in which there has been more confusion than we're experiencing right now. Perhaps right at the end of the, of the Vietnam War period of time, and there was a lot of conflict going on. I remember that right at the beginning of the Jesus People Movement days. But this is probably the most confusing time that I've lived through, economically and in every other way. And I really feel like we need a trusty GPS system. And so I want to talk about that this morning. We need to know where we're going. 
in these days. Because if we don't know where we're going and we don't have a means of dialing in to find out exactly how best to get there, what happens? We get confused when we're watching the news, when we're reading newspapers, when we're, we're talking to people. There's a tremendous amount of fear that is flowing in the world right now. And as I travel, I find that it's more and more. You know, the very interesting thing about being in Michigan is the fact that you guys are used to it. But I was just in California, you know, and they've been like this. The economy has just been getting better and better and better, and things have been getting better and better and better, and now they're in a total freefall. It's just gone, and they have no clue what to do. At least you guys know what to do. Because you've gone through a lot of things like this. I think we ought to package up Michiganians and ship them all over the world. Because you, you guys know what to do, right? You're survivors. It's fantastic. But I think in the midst of it, it, it really doesn't matter if we're in free fall or if we're going through this type of thing. It's good to know where we're going. Let's turn in our Bibles to, uh, to um, Revelation 19. Revelation 19, we find the end of the story. We find where we're going. And in verse 6, we find it says this. John is speaking here, and he says, And I heard, as it were, a voice of, great, of a great multitude, and as the sound of many waters, and the sound of mighty peals of thunder, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. As believers, we need to know where we're going. And this tells us where we're going. We're going to a big party. It's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. Massive party. And it says that heaven, when it saw that the bride had made herself ready, rejoiced so greatly, angels and the saints that were there surrounding the throne rejoiced so greatly that probably John had to cover his ears. Mighty booms of thunder. And the sound of many waters. I don't know exactly what that was like but we understand this is probably the greatest time of rejoicing in the history of the universe and maybe in the history of heaven. Why? Because the bride had finally made herself ready. And what we're in the midst of now is preparation time for that party. When we're united together with the bridegroom once and for all. And we have made ourselves ready. Now, the interesting thing is, it says here, we made ourselves. The bride made herself ready. This is not something that we just, you know, I'm just going to kind of cruise along. God knows where I am. He's sovereign. I got saved. 
No, the bride makes herself ready. It's the purpose of this period of time in life. And in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, Peter says we can speed up the day, the great day of the Lord. We can speed it up and we can slow it down. I don't know about you, but I would rather not get old and sick and die. How many of you want, how many of you want to get old and sick and die? Speak. One, two. Okay. I'm going to have to think about that a bit. I don't want to do that. I would rather be in a position in which I really just find that Jesus has got me there because I am speeding up in my life the process of becoming more and more prepared as the bride of Christ. And we can do that. I was just thinking this morning about what Paul encountered as he got to Corinth. And I'd like to have us turn in our Bibles now to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You know, Paul had a very interesting ministry. He was a missionary. And he wasn't just kind of a missionary that went and kind of planted himself in one particular place and just stayed there the rest of his life. He had a furlough every six years or so. We find that what he did was basically he listened to God. The Holy Spirit led him. Holy Spirit closed doors and opened doors in various places. And when he had an open door, he stayed there for a little longer. And so he gets to Corinth, and he comes into the city, and he sees in Corinth probably the most confused city he'd ever been in in his life. What we don't realize is that Corinth was probably the most immoral city at that period of time in the whole world. What was moral in other places was immoral in Corinth. And what was immoral in Corinth was moral. You know, it was crazy. They were, continu- they were in a, in a free fall for, for probably 300 years just going exactly against God's purposes. So if, if God wants them to be part of the bride and preparing themselves for the party, they're in a position in which they're going exactly the opposite direction. They're preparing themselves for hell. I mean, they're really working on it. Total immorality. Total debauchery. And so Paul says this. He says in verse 1, When I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. So what we find that Paul gets into the city and he is confused. What he preached in other places, he didn't preach here. He said he did things on a completely different basis. Verse 3 it says, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. Now, that's one of the things that sometimes happens. We get into a place in which we're confused. I'm I'm glad that uh, when our GPS system was not working on Thursday, that we were not in weakness and fear and much trembling, we went to plan B. 
But Paul says he's with them in weakness and fear and in much trembling. Why? Because of the fact that he saw the condition of this city, this big city, and he thought, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, I have no clue what to do. And some of us are in that position today. We're saying, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, what do we do? And then he goes on and he says this in verse 4. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom. He had tried persuasive words of wisdom in, in uh, Athens. You know, he, he tried doing it the way he thought would work. And some of, some of us are finding the wisdom that has worked in the past is not working now because of the things that are going on in society. And I hear Christians saying so many different things. You know, sometimes we, we get confused and think that, think that politics is the answer to the, to the needs of the world. And so when our political system is not really working or is not, our party is not in, in control, we think, oh, no, we're in, and we think we're in free fall. We get into a position of great fear and trembling, just like Paul was. Wisdom doesn't make any sense in the situation that we're in. Well, that's what Paul was experiencing in Corinth. But he comes up with three things that he did. And I would like to have us look at those things real quickly. Because it seems like his GPS system was, was not working very well. The first thing that he did, we see in 1 Corinthians 2.2. He says, For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He looks at the city. He looks at the problems that they had. He looks at the incredible immorality that they're they're functioning in. You know, their whole worship system was based upon uh, prostitution, male and female prostitution. Their temples were houses of prostitution. The, the idea of the city, the primary idea of the city was the most, what we would say, the most immoral person was the success person in their city. That's how confusing it got. So what does is, what is Paul say? First thing, I determine to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I'd like to have this etched into our hearts and lives today. The cross is absolutely essential if we're going to survive in this period of time. If we're going to stay on track. One of the things we know about the cross is, is that Jesus is dying. You know, we've probably seen the uh, Passion of the Christ, or we've seen the, the Jesus video, and, and, and we're, we're just overwhelmed by what Jesus experienced. But the primary thing that I see happening on the cross is this. Jesus cries out, and he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And as you look at that little statement that Jesus makes in, um, in Luke chapter 23, verse 34, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What he, uh, 
What, what really he's saying is it, is it says he kept saying, and he kept saying, and he kept saying, and he kept saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This is not a once time. This is continuous. It's in that in the Greek. It's continuous. And if we're going to survive in this period of time in which we see evil multiplying around us, our job is to keep crying out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Because the Lord wants us to move into his economy, not the world economy. He wants us to become more and more prepared. We know that Revelation 19 comes at the end of at least the seven years of tribulation. How does the bride, you know, some of us believe that the bride is taken out, but there's a lot of other people that, uh, you know, that, that meet the Lord during the time of the tribulation. How do they survive and keep going? They understand the work of the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they keep getting more and more prepared. And we keep getting more and more prepared. Why? Because first thing we do, Father, forgive. Father, forgive. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I'm becoming more and more convinced that healing comes through an encounter with forgiveness. If we can't forgive the people that have hurt us in life, what we find is our bodies start getting attacked by things like fibromyalgia, ulcers, nervousness. There are a lot of things that sociologists and psychologists tell us that are sociological and psychological symptoms in our bodies that get worse and worse because our bodies, which are in a position of being so so wonderfully balanced between the chemical and the and the nervous system and the physical system and the spiritual system, they're getting out of whack. Jesus understood that. So what did he do? He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I have a wonderful neighbor that just moved into our neighborhood four weeks ago. The neighbor that I had before... Um, came up to me just as he was loading the last things on the truck. And um, he said, um, Fred, I'm really sorry for what I'm doing to you. And I said, uh, Mike, what are you doing to me? And he says, he said, the lady that bought my house is a man killer. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, she is really, really, really mean. Well, you know, I'm a good neighbor. And I just thought, I'm, I'm just going to be a good neighbor to her. Well, every encounter that I've had with this wonderful lady, she's attacking me. And she doesn't even know me. When we were out in California, my sister-in-law, praying over us, said this. She said, Fred and Sharon, I want you to know that this lady has moved in next to you for her sake and your sake. Now, I like the her sake part of it. <laughs> but the your sake part of it has confused me. 
until this morning. And what the Lord spoke to me about, he says, you're going to have the opportunity to utilize on a continual basis the Father forgive her part, for she know not she doesn't know what she's doing. What does that mean? I'm going to have to get more and more dependent upon what Jesus provided for me on the cross. The Lord loves us to live in dependence. Not independence. Dependence upon what he's provided for us. And so when I get back, I'm going to sit down with my wife and I'm going to explain to her what I feel like the Lord is calling us into, this special commission of just saying, in fact, that's what I prayed this morning, prayed, praying for my neighbor. Father, forgive her, for she doesn't know what she's doing. You understand an ocean of God's forgiveness, supernatural ocean of God's forgiveness was provided as a resource for you and me when we're facing times in which the world is getting worse. And that prepares us as a bride for the marriage supper of the Lamb. The second thing that we find that Paul tells us here, verse 4, And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So first thing is the cross. And what it provides. Second thing is demonstrations of the spirit and of power. I believe that if we're going to survive in this period of time, we need to start every day saying, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Just fill me. If you haven't figured out that the Father really loves being with his kids and he loves filling us with his Holy Spirit, you need to figure that out. Second thing. Demonstrations of the Spirit and of power. As the world gets worse, the Holy Spirit is filling us with what we're going to need to be able to handle the situation, the situations that we encounter in this, in this period of time. Jesus was able to speak a word and demons fled. Now, I don't want to go into deep detail of what I felt about my neighbor. <laughs> but I believe that I'm going to need that, what I just said. Why? Because we're living in very interesting days. And the world around us is going to get more and more confused. In these days. And we're going to need to get more and more full of the Holy Spirit in these days. So that we can flow in demonstrations of the Holy Spirit, his gifts, his fruit, and his power. We're seeing more and more people get healed just around us. Some in our church, yes, but around us in life. People in swimming pools and people in banks and people in 
Walmart. They're just getting healed. What is, what is it? Demonstrations of the spirit and the power because we're concentrating on staying full. How do we get full? We say, Holy Spirit, fill me. I want to walk full. Full, 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 full. Full. The cross, bringing forgiveness, and the Holy Spirit, bringing fullness in him. Now, there's a third thing. We find the third thing in 1 Corinthians 2, 9. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. Now, this is, a, uh, this is a quotation that we find from Isaiah that is put in here. What does it say? Things which I, physical eye, have not seen, physical ear have not heard, all and which have not entered the heart of man yet. All that God has prepared for those who love him. Cross. We need the cross. We need the Holy Spirit and his power. But we also need to be absolutely full of his love in this season of time. So that we ooze love wherever we go. We ooze love wherever we go. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, it says... We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. And as you and I get into a position in which we're coming to understand how much he loves us, you know, just about every time I spend any time at all with the Father and I say, is there anything you want to say to me? What does he tell me? Fred, I love you. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. I love you and I care for you and my hand's on you for the good. I went through a bout with cancer six years ago. As I was going into an operation and I had this thing in my arm putting me to sleep, I heard three statements. Fred, I love you and care for you and my hands on you for the good. I was afraid. I'd never been operated on before. I was facing cancer. I had people praying. And I'm going into this operation. And I heard those words. Soon as I came out from the anesthetic, about four hours later, I heard the words, See, Fred, my hand is on you for the good. The economy of God's love brings incredible peace in the midst of confusion. It's bigger than anything we face. And in the midst of all of that, what love brings is a flow of revelation of what God is like. And Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians 2.10 and says, For to us God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit, Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the thoughts... Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things freely given to us by God. You know what 
love flowing in our lives does. And as we love God back with the love that we're receiving, it sets in motion a flow of revelation like we have never experienced before. God can trust those that love him. Oh, I love you, Father. I've had times in which the Father has just revealed stuff very deeply to me that I didn't know about before. It's just there. Talk to me about heaven one day. It's a long story, and I can't go into it right now. It was an incredible time. The Father has so much that he wants to reveal to us about his eternal realm, his kingdom. And what happens in the midst of this flow of love relationship in us is that his kingdom becomes bigger and bigger and more and more important, and our puny little earthly kingdom gets smaller and smaller and smaller in terms of importance in our lives. And that's what the Lord wants to do in us. He has so much that he wants to reveal to us. And so what are the three things that Paul concentrated on? The cross, the Holy Spirit, (laughs) and the flow of the Father's love. And so talking to these very messed up Corinthians who are coming to know the Lord, and they're so wounded and so so confused and, and struggling with so very much. What does he say? He says, you need the cross. And it needs, needs to be the means by which forgiveness flows continually through your life. Because you're going to need a lot of forgiveness flowing through you. And you're, you're going to need the Holy Spirit in his fullness and his power. And you're going to need the flow of the Father's love. Let's all stand. Oh, Father, we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father. Just one more little secret that I've been learning. These things that come out of the economy of the Father flow very much as we thank him because they're all gifts. And we receive gifts by faith through thanking him as we're receiving them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We thank you for the cross. Let's just do that right now. Thank you, Father, for the cross. Thank you, Father, for the cross. And for the flow of your forgiveness that you make available to us that we can step into and allow to flow through us. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Let's thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for the fact that you come to live in us when we meet you as Lord and Savior. Meet Jesus as Lord and Savior. And you're there to fill us and flow through us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for your love, for your great love. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. These gifts, these three key areas flow through us, in us, 
their resources, divine resources to us and for us as we just, by faith, thank him. And I can guarantee you that they're going to keep us on track toward the party, conforming us more and more to the image of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right. Thank you, Fred. Give him a hand. Thank you. We are so blessed to have him with us today. He's like the father of our of our pastoral father, you know. He's like grandpa in a sense. <laughs> Thank you, Fred, for being here. Um, I'd like to welcome any guests that are here with us today. Um, if you are a first-time guest, we have a gift for you. And if you could fill out the connection card that came with your bulletin, you can take it to the connection counter in the back, and you will receive a gift from us to you. And also, just in a moment, we're going to receive an offering. And um, this is an opportunity to bless Fred and his lovely wife, Sharon, who couldn't be with us today. Um, you can indicate it on the offering envelope with um, the section that says today's guest speaker right at the bottom there. We'd really like to bless him. We'd like to um, send him off with a blessing from our church body. So if um, during the announcements, if you can just take a minute and pray about how much you can give today um, to be a blessing, we'd like to do that in just a moment when I take the offering. Okay. Um, next week, we have uh, coming up a... Um, an opportunity for everyone in the church to take a part in the activities that surround New Day. We're calling them Surf Sundays. It's going to be next Sunday and the Sunday after the 7th and the 14th. And um, Cameron's going to be um, speaking on um, giving or, you know, serving and um, being a part of the body. And then afterwards in the family room, we're going to have tables of all the different groups in our church that need help. And um, those uh, times of signing up and um, thinking about what you'd like to do and participating, um, those commitments will begin in the fall. And um, this is a great opportunity to get involved. It's also a great opportunity to exercise the areas that you're gifted in in our church body. So we're looking forward to that. And then also, the women's retreat is coming up at the end of August. We're really excited about it. It's going to be amazing. We're having Stephanie Jones as the speaker. And um, it's going to be a great time of refreshing. It's going to be a great time of unity among the women in our body. And um, we would like everyone to sign up. If money is an issue, please sign up anyway. We'd like to have um, an opportunity for scholarships. If you're interested in giving to the scholarship fund for the women's retreat to pay for someone's partial or full scholarship, you can do that as well. You can just put it on the um, offering envelope and just indicate what it's for. And um, today is the last day to sign up. Um, as well, it's also the day that the deposit is due, which is $40. So if you can also indicate that on the offering envelope and put it in the basket today. Also, you can get a hold of me if you have any questions, but we're very excited about it. We'd like to see as many people there as possible. So, Also, um, today at the, in the family room, the Lost and Found table is there, available with all of the little bits and bobs that people leave behind. There's one item that I really don't want to see given to Goodwill, which is like this little case of little kids' toys. It's like really cute, and I know that some little girl in kids' church does not want to get that given away. So please check out the table in the back and pick your items up. We'd hate to give them given away if you still want them. 
And then also, um, we have a very exciting event that I am very happy to announce. It is a, a wedding um, uh, shower, a bridal shower for Nancy Westfall. Yes. Oh, yes. We are, we are over the top thrilled about uh, Al and Nancy's marriage, which is coming up very quickly at the end of June. Stay tuned for details on that. Um, but we are having a bridal shower for her on June 20th at 10.30. Is that here at the church? Here at the church. And um, if you'd like to help out in any way, please contact Sue Brower. Um, we'd like to, to celebrate and uh, honor Nancy with our love and gifts and things. So that is very exciting. All right. Let's get ready to take the offering. If the ushers want to get ready, and um, if you'll join with me in prayer. Father, we just bless you and thank you today for your love, for your amazing forgiveness and your power, Lord. And I just thank you, Father, for how you fill us and uh, you give us those gifts, Lord. And we just want to bless you today. We pray a blessing over Fred, Lord. We thank you for him. We thank you for the word he brought today. And I just pray, Father, for a safe journey home. And uh, we just pray a blessing over him and Sharon in Jesus' name. And a blessing over every family in this church. We thank you for our family here at New Day. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. How many have heard little bits about the men's retreat from last weekend? That has, I've heard the stories, but right now, in just a moment, you are about to catch a little taste of what the retreat was like. Roll the video. Oh, my. 
Wow. That looked like a good time. Eric, do you want to come up and talk about it? Eric organized the trip. He did an amazing job. Um, I had a speech, but then Sarah said I can't cut anybody down or say negative things about anybody, so the speech went away. Um, then she said, but you can say negative things about yourself, so half the speech came back. So we had a great time. Um, we whitewater rafted all day Saturday. We um, did a horrendous thing on on Friday. I don't know whose idea that was. But we uh, had a 2,000-foot mountain, and somebody had the crazy idea to climb down and climb back up. Um, I did not take copious amounts of water. Bad thing. Um, thanks to Matt, I'm alive today. Um, so that's enough said there. Um, and... Mark learned how to put a helmet on right, so I, I had to say that. <laughs> so, but we had a great time. Uh, we had time at night to uh, uh, get uh, great worship, thanks to Mark, and um, great uh, uh, talks and testimonies from Seth and uh, Graham, and we had a great time to uh, fellowship, and Jerry making wonderful food. Uh, we did not starve. So that was great. Um, I think everybody had a great time. We'd do it again in a heartbeat. And it was just a, a wonderful time of fellowship. And, and uh, I appreciate everybody that came. It was a great time. And uh, when we do the next thing, everybody needs to come. So. Awesome. Thank you, Al, for organizing that. It looked like a lot of fun. Quite, quite frightening, that video. I was like, ah! <laughs> But it looked like fun. Anyway, Adam, come on up. <laughs> All right. So 2009 is the year of? Hey, I was really hoping that was going to work. That was a step of faith there. <laughs> Good job, guys. All right. So this week, we have Lauren Stevens. Come on down. All right, Lauren, somebody has given this specifically for you, and we want to bless you, and this person who gave it wants to bless you, so open it up and tell us what it is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What the? Like, money. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm going to start crying. Okay. Um, dear Lauren, you are highly favored, and the true princess of the king here is a gift from him and your church family. What a cash. <laughs> Amen. How many of you guys love Lauren? Bless you. So all year, every week, we've been giving gifts, for those of you that don't know, to, to, to celebrate the gift that we've been given, that the Father gave us and His Son in an eternal life. 
And we've been celebrating that here at this church by, by giving gifts out. If you'd like to participate, if there's somebody you'd like to bless, a gift you'd like to give, contact uh, one, one of the leaders here at church and we'll make it happen. Uh, it's great. We got multiple gifts every week. We got gifts to give if the person isn't here because everybody's taking part of this. It's been awesome. It's been a lot of fun. How many have been blessed by, by just seeing people getting blessed? Yeah? Yeah. It's awesome. So let's keep that up. All right, so um, after service, we do have prayer ministry available right over here. Also, Fred said that he will uh, be available for prayer ministry also. Um, and we will have prophetic ministry available over here if you're interested. Please go check that out. Also, please check out um, your children from children's ministry and nursery. Please pick them up. All right, that's it for this week. You guys are dismissed. Be blessed. Have a good week.